Hello guys and welcome to episode 26 of Fast Charge. This week we are talking about Qualcomm's latest quick charge tech. We're talking about the Oppo Watch and some developments there. And we're going to be talking about WhatsApp. My name's Toddy. This week I'm joined by Aniron and Hannah. And we're going to kick the show off with that quick charge chat. So if you are not aware, Qualcomm has made a quick charging, fast charging technology that it's been putting into phones from a bunch of different manufacturers over the years. And we have just had our first look at the fifth iteration. I think it's actually more than that, but they're calling it Quick Charge 5. Um, and Aniron, you actually had a, an early look at what the tech was going to be and what Qualcomm was bringing to the table. So could you kind of just run us through what it is and maybe the implications that that's going to be bringing? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um... I think I think uh, Quick Charge Four came out in 2017. So I think three or four years ago. So they've um, and the big thing is that this is like 100 watt fast charging. It's going to be like the first commercially available 100 watt fast charging. So you'll have probably seen a like the likes of Oppo and Vivo have already got like 125 watts, 120 watts um, fast charging. This will be the first one that will be kind of open to uh, all Android manufacturers to put in their phones, which is kind of a really exciting development. Uh, the key headlining thing is that it, for a um, 4,500 milliamp hour battery, it'll be able to charge from zero to 50% in five minutes, and then a full charge will take 15 minutes, which is incredible speed. I mean, I think my phone's officially got fast charging. It's like 18 watts. So it's like, it seems like charging is going to be that next kind of thing manufacturers are going to be putting in their phones to differentiate it and be like, oh, look how quick ours can charge. And then I think the wireless charging, because I think we're already up to 65 watts on wireless charging. So it feels like that's the next area that's going to be making big advances. Yeah, the, the, one of the things um, when I was on the show a couple of weeks back, we were talking about was, as you mentioned, Oppo. And they had all this hardware that's kind of ready to go, but they don't have a phone to put it in yet or put it with, I should say. Um, has Qualcomm said when we can expect to see phones or chips that support Quick Charge 5? didn't give a specific date it was kind of in the next few months i would my guess would be that the kind of big phones coming out next year start next year they would be putting this tech in their phones because i think it's there's always going to be a delay between the announcement and it coming out and to give the manufacturers the chance to implement it in their phones um one, one of the interesting things that that in the briefing that they sort of drew attention to um was that despite these um some of these other manufacturers having the higher wattage it doesn't necessarily mean they'll charge the devices faster because apparently that value apparently that value refers to the capability of the adapter as opposed to the actual power that's going into the battery um so what they've said is that theirs is incredibly efficient compared to those so that potentially it would still be faster but obviously we won't know that until we fully test them yeah i'm, I'm also curious to see like and this might be down to like each manufacturer in terms of how they they handle that tech but one of the things that um again actually it was oppo way before they introduced their fast charger and um, back when they launched the reno phones in 2019 um one of their quick charge updates or their, their fast charging tech updates was the introduction of uh, uh basically a better efficiency curve because if you've ever we all might have plotted our like charging a phone in a in a test and you see it always slows down at the end, always flattens out that curve. So they mm -hmm. were working on ways to basically keep that curve um, as kind of consistent as possible to stop that flattening out because you're always waiting for that last 100%. Um, so if this Qualcomm solution can address that as well, I think that's maybe 
um, a bigger gain, or at least equally as important as just having a phone powering up quickly. Because um, yeah, it's just efficiency is is important, and I think people forget that when they just look at the big numbers and they're excited by it. Yeah, I mean, I was also looking like because when you mentioned the uh, the battery size as well, like you know, because this is actually a, a problem with. Um, I, I guess it's more on the budget end, so I don't know whether this is something that will be more what you'll see on flash ships and stuff like that. But like when you have phones with batteries that are above that number. Um, they take forever to charge like you know if you put it on a quick charge for five minutes you get like just a couple of percent so um, to be able to charge something like that in five minutes is like game changing because it's like then it'll not last you like the whole day it may last you like even longer like so it's um, it's yeah it's, it's interesting uh, but yeah I'd be like you said I'd be intrigued to know how different manufacturers approach this now because I feel like it's hard to find things that are differentiating phones now like you know they're all coming up trump so they're all trying to find a way around to market and this would be you know it might be like a little bit of a race to see who finds you know the first phone at a certain price point that has this new quick charging technology available it's yeah. definitely something that i've seen kind of repeated again and again in terms of cycles of what to push in in trends um, camera tech is always the thing that people kind of focus on with phones, trying to outdo one another. Like, I, I guess the biggest development has been periscopic lenses, like on the Galaxy S20 Ultra with that ridiculous 100 times zoom that actually isn't that good, but is novel. <laughs> um, you know, phones like the P30 Pro did it better. Uh, but I'd say battery tech is probably the most important aspect, more than the cameras. People just don't like talking about it as much because it's not as sexy, if that makes sense. It's not as exciting. To talk about so yeah i feel like this is the battleground really where where phones are going to win or lose especially with how competitive you know in the mid-range market um and to your point hannah it's interesting that qualcomm made reference to a 4500 billion power battery um i think oppo in their example they used a 4000 most of the phones i think that we've been testing recently and are worth recommending 4000 is kind of on the small side nowadays it, unless you're talking about iphones so I think the figures that Qualcomm's putting out seem to be more useful, more realistic from what I'm getting from this announcement. Yeah, one, one of the other things was I think a lot of people are concerned about is like exposing the battery to such um, high wattages is how the battery, the lifespan long term. So this was another thing that they addressed that they have got a few measures. So they've got a few like special software tweaks. So there's something called a smart identification of adapter capabilities, which is and told you it wasn't like, sexy <laughs> but yeah so basically they've got like a package of software measures to ensure that almost the battery's not exposed to a level of power that would that would make it deteriorate over time because that's one of the things obviously in our reviews we're limited by testing time and then you think six months even a year down the line is it going to be anywhere near that level so i think it's all well and good that it charges really quickly but most people are going to be that once it gets to that full battery is it going to be able to last consistently a long period of time as well yeah i think that's that's always a concern with the especially this kind of tech because it's it's hard man batteries is a hard science to get right and especially if you're going to rag it effectively with this like 100 watts on the daily uh, no mm. one's really done or, or proved what long-term effects that has on your phone's battery yeah, really. especially especially on like flagships, like you know, like further down the line. Like when you're investing so much money in a phone, it's yeah. like you're like, well, I spent all this money on this great camera, but I can only use it for like you know half a day, and then, yeah, ten <laughs> minutes, and then and 
and it's like well it's no good is it because it's like if you're dropping a grand on a phone and you're like this is a long-term investment it has to be able to last you all day um so yeah i mean yeah it'd be interesting to see there's um uh it was it's from a few years back now i think back when like apple had just kind of released the iphone 6 or 6s um they actually bought a company that makes hydrogen fuel cells and supposedly somewhere in some backroom lab somewhere in apple there is uh an iphone that runs on a hydrogen fuel cell that can last up to two weeks which but it has a vent in the back because that's the vent hydrogen if you leave it alone (laughs) for too long which is crazy but as a concept amazing yeah, I know, that is bad. I mean, would it, would it, would it make a noise if it was venting? It might do, like, you it know, might you're do just sitting there asleep and your phone's like... <laughs> <laughs> Tooting iPhones, that's for a future episode, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it's a good tech. Uh, Qualcomm in the past hasn't always been great with fast charging, not in terms of the tech being bad or anything, but with Quick Charge 4, for example, they never actually got it really on the market. They they shouted about it a lot, just like they're shouting about Quick Charge 5 now. But we really didn't see any of that tech, that innovation hit phones until they released Quick Charge 4 Plus, which came a bit later. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that they actually can follow through because this sounds amazing. But if they don't actually get it into phones that we can buy, it's it's a moot point. Oh, just, just another quick point on kind of that, the battery lifespan. Obviously, most Android phones they only get two years of software updates. So I wonder if these the tech is kind of built that within a, after a couple of years we don't want people to be using the phone. We want them to upgrade. So is there any need for them to have this kind of battery life for a longer period? So it's all these kind of like planned obsolescence to make people, um, you know, upgrade to the newer product. I guess. I mean that's exactly what Apple landed in hot water for a few years back when it was discovered that you know they were behind the scenes throttling older phones so that the battery life would be better because they knew the battery was going to degrade naturally over you know two years of use and so then they started throttling the performance and then eventually they get caught out they had to pay a ton of money i think and then they actually added a little switch in ios on older iphones so you could actually choose whether you wanted better performance again or a longer battery which is an interesting option that's what i think they would have to do because of this apple case that Qualcomm or manufacturers would have to do. They'd have to make it transparent. So I don't think they could get away with anything like that, as like CD is that, you know, trying to mm-hmm. kind of push people <laughs> to upgrade just because they've decided it's time for them to upgrade. Um, yeah, but it's, it's an interesting point for sure. And, and yeah, if, if Qualcomm can actually get it in the phones this year, fingers crossed this year, Qualcomm, I think that'd be exciting. Um, but yeah, let's, let's now move from charging to wearables and let's talk about the Oppo Watch. I've worn a bunch of smartwatches. I think Aniron and Hannah, you both have as well. Um, Oppo, you've had um, Oppo. Hannah, you've had a bit <laughs> more time with Oppo as a company um, yeah. in recent months. And uh, yeah, what what can you tell us about the Oppo Watch, which we already know exists and is out in certain markets, but yeah, there's exactly. more to it now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it was um, the first version of it was actually released in China uh, back in March. So they actually they teased a load of stuff when I went to um, an Oppo Inno Day, which was in back in December um, and they teased a lot of stuff and in there was You went to China, wearables. right? Yeah, I went to China, yeah. Um, That's awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't like talking about it too much, but I'll, but <laughs> with everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, they um, they announced a lot of stuff and they announced the, these wearables and it was sort of a case of it's coming, but you know they left the date 
ambiguous. And obviously we had the first version back in March, um, but there is this new one now that's going to be running um, Wear OS. So um, it's sort of basically um, the uh, Android Power, uh, but it's on Oppo's sort of own interface, which is kind of similar to, you know, how they have run a lot of their other uh, sort of uh, products and things like that. Um, Design-wise, I mean, I guess it's called Oppo Watch. Um, so that probably gives a clue as to what it looks like design-wise. It looks like the Apple Watch, um, which, to be fair, this they're not the first company to have done this. Um, so a Mazfit, which is, um, I believe, so it's very complicated, this, Tony. Tell me if I'm getting this right. But they, they're under a branch of um, Xiaomi, right? A Mazfit? Yeah, there's, there's definite, like, overlap between Xiaomi and Huami, who yeah. make... Amazfit products. Yeah, it's it's very confusing, but basically, yeah, yeah they were sort of um, they released the Amazfit GTS, which uh, is similar. I've got the GTR one now. Uh, I haven't got the GTS. Uh, Dom reviewed that one, um, but it it looks exactly like an Apple Watch, um, right. and it runs really well. Um, a lot of the capabilities that it can do, like so things like heart rate monitoring, um, you know underwater um sleep tracking um but the key thing with it was that it was like a real fraction of the price of an apple watch like i think a new apple watch will set you back like what like 400 something like yeah, that yeah probably yeah for um, the current gen one yeah. yeah 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 whereas this one um i think now it retails for around about 130 right um, so. and yeah and it didn't i think that was what it was when it launched so like it'd be interesting to see whether Oppo go down a similar price route because if they do and they're starting to like build their name up now like I think about a year ago if you'd asked you know you've said the name Oppo a lot of people wouldn't have known who they are but like because they've began to build their profile with a lot of their phones they're now able to move into this wearable market um so yeah it'd be interesting to see number one what the specs it can do and whether it can rival the likes of a Mazfit and stuff like that and number two what price point it goes at and where mm. it will be sold the um the because I, I remember following along the the original oppo watch launch but obviously the, the china only one and we'd seen teasers and links beforehand so yeah everyone kind of knew what it was going to look like um if you haven't seen it and we don't have images on screen it's basically an apple watch but instead of the twisty crown it's just two buttons on the side i think yeah something like that but it looks nice um <sighs> It's an interesting move to jump to Wear OS, I think, because, you know, as as you've tested Amazfit products, which are running their own operating system, yes. and they work really well, Wear OS, is, I think, has been in limbo for years at this point. Um, it's really been adopted more by the fashion brands than anyone else. You know, there were companies still using it, like Sony used to use it back in the day. Um, a bunch of companies have used it, but really fashion brands fossil group namely so they have like armani they have michael kors under their belt um that's where you're going to find wear os it's kind of fallen by the wayside versus obviously the apple watch user experience and the samsung galaxy watch line or, or gear line depending on how far back you go uh, which is tizen based so i think it's a, a weird move almost for oppo to jump to wear os and not just stick to developing its own user experience because if i'm not mistaken hannah the chinese version is running android but not wear os is that right yeah i think yeah i think that's right so um, they like built their own user experience they've already done the hard work of building yeah. something but 
but then they're not going to bring that to the global version. Maybe, I don't maybe know it's why. the feedback that they got. I mean, um, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe their phones run on straight Android, don't mm-hmm. they? It's not, it's not like uh, Honor or anything like that where they run on a skin. So, I don't know. I maybe, mean, they maybe, have a skin, maybe, but it's Android underneath. Yeah. Like. I guess maybe it's it's mark, uh, marketing reasons, you know, to say they find it a lot easier to be able to come and say, you know, well you know that it's compatible because that's the thing yeah. if, it, if it wasn't on there then you'd have to figure out another way like one of the downsides of using a nomad fit was that the apps were sometimes very janky uh, mm. because and i think that was part of the reason it was to do with the os clashes that were going on um, and at one point i actually found two apps that could run that could connect with the watch which was really confusing oh yes yes because like, you, you found the xiaomi app for like xiaomi's wearables because yeah underneath the, they're probably the same basic code or whatever yeah and it was just very confusing <laughs> and really badly designed so like maybe maybe oppo are aware of that and they wanted to be able to have like a much cleaner app experience Fair. um which i think that's definitely something that uh, a Mazfit fell down on so like this could be a chance for them to swoop in and uh and claim on that but yeah i i don't know yeah it could be interesting i mean we don't know a lot about um what the sort of exact specs will be uh but it should have like whether it'll change yeah i mean if it stays similar to the old version then it should have an amoled screen and like you know heart rate sensor water resistance all of that but i guess Mm. it depends on i wonder if there will be like levels of it you know whether you can get a more premium version that can you know do more or do less or whether they'll just release a straight one I, i don't know um but listening to you just now i guess the one thing that wear os does allow is android and ios compatibility yeah so i guess i don't know whether the, the current oppo watch works on iphones i doubt it does I don't think so it i does. wonder whether that's a play because obviously i think you know especially if they want to get it out in the in the american market for example yeah where iphone is kind of king that makes a lot of sense yeah um exactly. Yeah, uh, and also if people like the look of the Apple Watch but they want to pair it with their Android phone until this point, they can't. So this is probably the most like-minded in terms of design. I also wonder, thinking about it, so I'm thinking back to the Inno day and they were pushing like a big sort of like Oppo ecosystem. You know, they were talking about a lot of the products that were only really available in China, but like, you know, talking about how your phone can connect with your, your watch and, you know, your TV or whatever. And um, I guess maybe they've realized to sort of crack the rest of the world like you Mm. say it needs to be compatible with other things there's no point trying to like push everyone towards that one ecosystem because they're not there yet Mm -hmm. um they can't do like what apple can do for example so yeah that uh that's probably a reason why I didn't actually ask at the start of this section, like, is this based on a leak or is this a formal thing that Oppo is like, we're going to be bringing this watch to the world? Like, where are we at with the likelihood of it actually being on the store shelves? They released, uh, they released a teaser, I believe. Um, so I'm going to have a look at the at the full source. Um, mm. But yeah, they've released a teaser. I don't think it was a leak. Um, just checking. No worries. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think if, if they can get it out, it's like quick charge five. If they can get it out this year, I feel like it, it's poised to do well because there just aren't any good Wear OS watches out there right now, really. There's some nice looking ones, but they don't really, for the tech community, I don't think they bring a lot to the table. It's more design led. Whereas I think. I was gonna... Sorry, I was going to say, um, 
was there was there any news on like they're gonna gonna be a, a Pixel Watch or a new Pixel Watch coming out? Because I feel like that would be the obvious like <laughs> I, like Apple Watch rival. I feel like there was chat about that with the Pixel Four, and then when the Pixel Four A was supposedly going to launch, there was chat about that, and then you know we still don't have a Pixel Four A, so maybe there's still a chance. I don't right. know, but that would be the only other maybe good Wear OS watch like that yeah. tech heads would would yeah. want to go for. It's also like this sort of clash between fitness trackers and smartwatches. Like there's this weird like grey area where some sit where you'll get one in and you'll think like, would I want to wear this every day? Like, you know, if you look at it, like like, a lot of the ones that are often tooted as a smartwatch, uh, you get it and it's really, really rugged and it's obviously designed to have that sort of outdoorsy feel. And it's like, well, I wouldn't like want to, you know, yeah, go to a uh, go to a go to dinner with this on because mm. it's like it's not the right sort of look. Whereas, so yeah, I mean, um, I guess that's sort of a general thing about the market, and the only one that's really managed to sort of skirt both areas is the Apple Watch, and that's why everybody's so keen to get something that's similar. Um, yeah, for sure. No, I, I think there's definite. Amazingly, there's definite room for another Apple Watch knockoff, it would seem. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least this one looks like it'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah, like, it does. All the way um, through. And I think, exactly, yeah. And I think Oppo has definitely proven like some of the tech that they've been able to get in at like a fraction of the price of some of the big names. If they can do this again, then it'll be, it'll be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that is, uh, we've talked a bit about some internal phone hardware, we've talked a bit about some wearable hardware, now let's talk about some software. Now, everyone uh, and their mum knows about WhatsApp, as far as I'm aware. In my research for this segment, I think, was it, some 2 billion people, apparently, there's 2 billion active users on WhatsApp, so that is a pretty sizable chunk of the global population. Um, and one of the features that, you know, this long-standing chat app has ha- hasn't had since its inception has been able to be work like it hasn't been able to work across multiple devices uh which i think is crazy especially now that it's owned by facebook and they have things like facebook messenger which you can kind of run on whatever the heck you want um but that might be about to change really soon there's a, a website a company a team of guys basically um who pick apart every beta release of whatsapp when it appears and um, we actually kind of have heard about this particular feature before, but there's now more proof that WhatsApp is actually testing this. Um, they are looking at bringing WhatsApp support to multiple devices for a single user, which is something that you might not care about, but to certain subset of people, namely tech journalists, I think it's a huge, <laughs> huge win if this is true. Um, I don't know whether you guys have, have found that, you know, moving between devices or just having the option would have been nice at any point in your whatsapp usage history absolutely oh my gosh yeah like because <laughs> like yeah so we get phones to test in regularly so obviously the best way to do that is to have it as your sort of main device but it's obviously nice to have your other home personal device on you for you know whatever reasons that you need uh, whether it's taking photos or whatnot but yeah to like if you add whatsapp on your phone on the phone that you're testing that means yeah, you can't use it simultaneously on both devices, which is really, can be really annoying 
um just because like you know if you've got one device on you and then not and then somebody be like i've sent you a message and you're like have you (laughs) it's totally like a a first world problem i would say from our perspective but it's the fundamental thing that that kind of i have to do if i want to test the phone properly like it's the only it's really the only thing that stops me from using you know the device i want to use all the time and testing a phone on the side as well is I need to have WhatsApp on whatever device I'm kind of going to carry around with me on a daily basis. I Um, suppose it's also useful for people who, like, if you have, like, a work phone or a business phone um, and, you know, you use WhatsApp... Because WhatsApp is not just, you know, for texting your mum or whatever. Like, you know, there are a lot of people (laughs) who use it for, you know, work chats or whatever. Um, So if you've got an entire separate phone Mm. and you have to keep switching between them, that's really annoying. So this... um, this would be really useful. And it's, uh, can I, do, do we know why they've kept it as one device this entire time? I mean, part of me wondered whether it was security based. Like yeah, they thought, that was you my know, guess. They, they've already been pushing like encrypted messages for ages, mm. but then I'm pretty sure Facebook Messenger has that as well. So yeah. that can't be it. So I don't really know, except that was just a feature that they wanted Messenger to maybe win over from WhatsApp and it just never took. So now they're just kind of like being like, fine, we'll just make WhatsApp what you want it to be sort of thing in that regard. Um, the other thing I'm wondering whether it has anything to do with Facebook's wider strategy with regards to things like, you know, it, it introduced Portal. It's kind of like video chat, little kind of displays with a camera in the front or the mounted camera you can put on your TV. They kind of hit, um, I think they hit the US last year and they hit Europe and the UK this year. Um, we've got reviews or tests of them on the site already. You can go check those out. Um, but that has WhatsApp integration, or you can use your WhatsApp number with that already. So I wonder whether it's because they are kind of more closely scrutinizing their ability to be in more places, that this is just another step in that whole strategy. Um, but that's just speculation. I, I don't know. Uh, I just think it's great if it does happen. Um, and in terms of use cases, like you were saying, Hannah, like moving devices is great for us, like having it without having to kind of worry about it only being on one phone or whatever. Um, and that's great when you upgrade. I also wonder whether it's going to work across iOS and Android, because that would be a huge win right now. Uh, WhatsApp is tied to your backups are tied to either Google drive or iCloud. So when you move from one to the other, anyone who has had to do this will know that you basically have to say goodbye to any WhatsApp history, any backups, and it's pretty frustrating. So yeah. um, if, yeah, if there's a way to make that I've had that jump. happen where people are like, can you search for the, like we said, we sent this message on a certain day and I'm like, don't know, like, yeah, don't know if you did. <laughs> Three like, weeks ago, gone now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye. And it, it's even like, I think by default, it's only backed up once a week. So I've had times where I've, reset the phone then gone to the new device set it up and it's like oh, it's all gone or can you resend me all these messages it's so yeah. frustrating <laughs> but yeah one of the other things is i wonder what that'll do kind of whatsapp web so like the idea of having the app on your laptop because I, I do find that quite frustrating the fact that your phone has to always be on and connected yeah and like it has to have you know enough battery so i want and then when you compare it to messenger and you look at it you just have to go type messenger.com into your browser and then there it is on all your devices it feels like hopefully this is the first step to making that kind of more seamless. But people yeah. still want the security of being able to like give out their number as opposed to their Facebook account these days. I think that's a bit more personal. Yeah, I'm totally okay with the security of that um, with the, with the number authentication. But it sh- mm-hmm. I think it should operate more like 
uh, Facebook Messenger by being server-based. Yeah. Um, I guess that does raise security concerns, so it depends whether it's going to undermine their business users if they're going to be worried about it being, you know, in new servers or whatever. But yeah. Sorry, Hannah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you can with Facebook Messenger, but I'd, I'd, I think it's different to WhatsApp, but I know that you can integrate phone num- like it always gives you that option of integrating phone numbers it's really it? annoying yeah i hate i hate it because it like <laughs> it it pushes in if i remember right it pushes in your text as well so you get like two separate yeah. bubbles yeah. emerging which is really annoying uh, but i don't know whether that was their sort of attempt to try and kind of do what whatsapp's doing in a different way but mm. either way it, it, i didn't like it like every time i have to like change over phones and it offers that option i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, like how I, it is. I, I'm not sure what their thinking was. Again, I think it might be a latent thing of, you know, initially Facebook Messenger was basically a rival to WhatsApp. Yeah. Then Facebook bought WhatsApp in 2014, I think it was, for a ridiculous amount of money. And then, you know, it, it's odd that they've run these two chat apps side by side. But yeah. I know they cater to different mm. audiences and, and there's certain kind of places where WhatsApp can be that Facebook Messenger can't and vice versa in certain markets around the world. So I, I understand why they kind of held on to both. Um, I, but yeah, just, it'd be interesting to see whether that all changes in terms of how they push or market either one or the other, whether they're going to integrate them more tightly. Yeah. If WhatsApp becomes more Facebook Messenger-like with this multiple device, maybe different server setup or, or, or whatever. So yeah, it'd be fascinating to see how this development changes. And presumably it's coming soon, this feature, which is called kind of linked devices, should be i'm i guess it's another one all of the things we talked about today it's like i'm hoping they're gonna happen this year um the the, the guys who, who discovered this feature existed within the beta versions of the app we first wrote about it in april um but the latest beta that just hit on the google play source the android version was the one that they just unpicked and found that there's even more references and kind of more underpinnings for this feature to be put into place so i'm hoping that means it's just around the corner Mm. yeah i mean i don't know whether i'm just being like i just don't notice the differences too much but i when you were mentioning about face like because some people have strong feelings about messenger or whatsapp and it's honestly (laughs) like that to me they're, they're they're the same thing and it doesn't matter and it's just more annoying when people are like I had some people be like, can we switch this chat over to WhatsApp? Because I much prefer it. And I was like, what's the difference? I don't understand. <laughs> Even my thing. wife, if my wife rages, because I always end up sending her TikToks, but from my iPhone where I don't have WhatsApp. So I end up just sending them through Messenger. It's the only thing I ever send her through Facebook Messenger. And yeah. it is, I think, the fundamentally the thing that messes her off the most. <laughs> um so yeah maybe maybe that will fix reduce the chance of, of grumbles from my wife and i about tiktok <laughs> come on facebook i'm holding out for you here please um but yeah so hopefully we'll see that soon um and i think that is it for this week guys thank you so much for tuning in again uh we will definitely thank look you. at all of your comments that you've been sending throughout and address them if we didn't cover them in this episode if you enjoyed this please hit like on YouTube, hit subscribe, and you can always check out more from us on techadvisor.co.uk. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.